20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. Before we start, yeah. I did bring something. You did bring? Yeah. A beer. Oh, look at that. You're a good man. You brought a Kilmes. No. You should get that sound. Con ingredientes naturales. With natural ingredients. No one believes that. Can you believe? Are you recording? Because you need to know this. Can you believe that Kilmes? Argentinian beer, a Brazilian company bought it. Right. So now there's always this rivalry between Argentinians and Brazilians because of soccer and because of so many other things. <laughs> and a Brazilian company bought this Argentinian beer, which is pretty much the icon. It's like saying here, I don't know, VB or something like that. But New Zealand would buy it, you know, and you would be like, oh my God, the last thing that we had. Mm-hmm. Now the Brazilian, they have it. If I were to ask you the question, who are you? You'd probably say your name, mention your profession, and maybe even your culture. But the answer isn't always that simple. I had a chat to my guest today about the challenges of moving to a new country, redefining yourself, and re-establishing your identity. My full name is Jose Guillermo Guzzoni Cox. It's a very long name. Born in Argentina, grew up in Chile, and moved to Australia almost 11 years ago. I used to live in Sydney for around 10 to 9 years. And um, my wife, she's from Ballarat, or she grew up here. So we moved here. And so far, so good. Ballarat has been great to us. Now, you look like Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. (laughs) You've been told that before, haven't you? No, no. No? Who's Inigo Montoya? Ah, you killed my father, prepared to die. Yes, 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 yes. You've yes. never been told that before. The first time I saw you. No, no. Record. You know, they used to call me, I used to have long hair, and they used to call me Fabio. I can't believe it's no butter. <laughs> yeah, Inigo Montoya. I remember that movie. Princess Pride? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 87. So I assume in Argentina, you, you're one of the best looking men. Ah, uh, no, you are completely wrong. No, in Argentina, believe it or not, they are like extremely good looking people especially women, same like Australia, but, you know, with the, with the flavour. <laughs> right, yeah. and you met your wife? In Sydney, yeah. I used to work in a, in a cafe, a sabarista, would you like a cappuccino? And she used to work at the cafe as well, she was the hostess, I was behind the coffee machine. This was in Sydney? In Sydney. So why did you come to Sydney originally? Ah, uh, because I felt like I wanted to see the world, you know, I wanted to, it's just one shot, you know, and I was like... I'm going to take five years off, I'm going to go to Europe, meet my Sophia Lauren. And then a friend of mine was going to New Zealand and she was like, yeah, they're giving this working holiday visa to New Zealand. I was like, New Zealand? Wow. And then I look and they're like, oh, there are like some cool countries there. Check on the map. And I was like, New Zealand, this is the other side of the world, like in the same mm. hemisphere, but over the other side. Well, you guys dip down more towards the south. We are closer, I think. Mm. Yeah. You can probably see Antarctica on a clear day. But you guys apparently own more than we own. The British, the Commonwealth, you know. That's why in Argentina also, the British, the Malvinas, you know the Malvinas? The Four Islands. Yeah, yeah, you got a bit of a sore spot about that? Absolutely. I don't know how long it lasted for. Before uh, or more? Not very long. A couple of years? A few months, wasn't it? Yeah, could be, could be. You know, in Argentina, at some point when that thing happened, 
they banned uh, English music. People that were listening to bands, you know, The Police or whatever, you know, from England, couldn't hear anything in English. Mm. Like, there was like a war against uh, England and just the English culture in general. And uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. You were born in Argentina, is that right? In uh, in the capital, in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. They call it, some people, they call it the Paris of South America. It's a very European city. I mean, it's lots of concrete, but it's got, you know, a lot of charm. And also, you got the tango, you know, that very passionate <laughs> dance, you know. So, you go on the street and you see the tango on the street, which is nice. You know, that's thing that, something that I miss, you know. Like, you go to places there, and even if it's about a bit of music, people will dance. Here, you will, but maybe with less grace. <laughs> no, sorry. But, uh, yeah, it used to happen to me when, when I first moved, you know, to Australia. That I used to go to places, and I was like, so where do you go dancing? Like, where? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this bar is cool. Nice bar, good atmosphere and everything, but... So you walk in, you're like, oh, this will be good, this will be good. Exactly. And it's like, where, where, where's the dance? Where's the, where's the dance? You know, where's the party? So for a while, I was like missing, you know, a lot of that. And, uh, but what I loved about Australia, it was like how friendly people were in general. Not that we're not friendly, but unfortunately, because we have less. If someone comes to you and say hi, you're like, why are you saying hi? What do you want from me? You know, so when I start traveling or when I, I was in New Zealand at the beginning, people were like, hey, hey, bro, how you going? And I was like, good. Where are you from? And I was like, they, they want something there. And then they were just friendly, you know, they just want to have a conversation and everything. Whereas in South America, unfortunately, people will look at you like, what do you want from me? You know, like, just leave me alone. You go back when you can every year if i can mostly mm -hmm. my family now is in chile why are they in chile because i don't want my argentina family to hear this but argentina is a mess it's a mess and uh it's just the level of corruption is just crazy and my parents they decide to move to chile because at some point chile was like portraying themselves like we are a stable economy and they were a stable economy but now you know it's like sort of like they have shown that it's not that stable, you know. It's just for certain people. But it was a very stable country and safe. And Argentina was a mess. We have something in Argentina called Corralito. Corralito is like a little cage for animals. So what happened basically, the Argentinian peso, the coin, the, the bill, mm. it was the same with the American dollar for many, many years. So the Argentinians, they were millionaires. They were like traveling the world, you know, so Argentinians, they were going everywhere. And then suddenly, they just opened up the economy and they realized that there was an inflation was like 80%. So the value of the money, it went down. So it was like one to one, and then suddenly it was like 10 to one. Mm. So suddenly people had like no money. And in order to rebuild the country, They close down all the bank accounts. So your bank account, suddenly you can access your money. And with that money, they sort of rebuild the country. And, and then you remember this? I remember watching the news. And I remember like seeing some crazy stuff, like seeing on the news people running into farms with machetes and just chopping down cows. 
savage, like a zombie apocalypsis, like that. When you see people desperate, destroying the city, can you imagine the chaos? So that's why my family was like, that's it, you know? Oh, then they moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my parents, they met in Argentina. My mom is Chilean, my dad is Argentinian. And, um, and basically, they moved back to Chile. I remember when I was a kid, we used to go on the street and just spend hours on the street. And my mom would just like call us, you know, for lunch and like, yeah, lunch is ready. And she would have to lunch and just try to find us. You know, we would be like three blocks playing or whatever. So there was sort of like much more freedom in, in the way that, you know, we were on the streets playing soccer, you know, like soccer in South America, you know, it's number one sport. And uh, I remember I was playing with my cousins and we were in the backyard and just being silly, running around, jumping, climbing, doing things and everything. And then my parents and my aunties and uncles, they used to get together, you know, and like play cards and have a drink and have fun. The 80s, they always used to smoke and everything, very relaxed. And then suddenly they came outside and they were like, kids, come here, come here. And we're like, wow, what's going on? Come here, just come here. And we were like, what? what? Just stay here, don't move. And then suddenly... The earth was just shaking and like... Seriously, like eight point something. Whoa. Yeah, full on. But it was very impressive just to see, you know, like the the, the, the soil, the, just the earth just moving and shaking everything. And just like, you know, the poles outside on the street just moving like if they were made of plastic. After that, there was a tsunami and it destroyed. What? Towns. Tsunamis? Yeah, towns. People got killed. Earthquakes? Full on, yeah. Dictators? Dictators, politics, corruption, that's South America. We sort of grew up in Chile, but we had like this very strong Argentinian culture. So for me, it was like, in a way, hard when people said to me, oh, but you're Chilean, oh, you're Argentinian. Like, you know, who are you, you know? And in a way... You know, by traveling and by being in Australia, I've been questioning myself more, like who I am, like what are my roots, you know, because being a foreigner in another country, you know, sometimes helps you to sort of like not redefine myself, but just sort of understand who I am, you know. So that's why, in a way, when I see my parents that they move countries, they met, they create a family, and then I sort of like replicate the same, you know. I'm mm. here in Australia. I got a wife that is Australian, you know. I'm a foreigner. I think Australia, you know, compared with what Chile was like for my dad. But it was it was very challenging moving to Australia, not knowing the language, not being able to speak. On, and you to, came here without knowing English? Yeah, no, not much. Not much at all. Very basic. And it I, was, I assumed that, there were, that, that they spoke... English in Chile and no, I just told you what happened with the Malvinas that they used to ban English. Sorry, what was that? Who banned English? In in Argentina, they banned English 
when there was the the problem with the folk islands oh fight. they got serious yeah serious no it was a war yeah against the commonwealth yeah and uh so i struggled for a while how did you get past that what did you do oh just believe me i don't know i'm still learning you know that's why i got a very thick accent you know but you know it was very challenging very like i had like like couple of days that it was like I can't do this anymore. Like oh, this is sorry, frustrating. Sorry, a couple of days or months, you know, like months that like you. I knew just like very basic lines like Hi, how are you? Ah, oh, yeah, I'm good. What's your name? Ah, Jose. Where are you from? Ah, oh, yeah, I'm from Chile. Uh, and like three more phrases, and then that's it. <laughs> and then they were like, blah. and for me it was like, blah, blah, blah. but um, yeah. Working, it happened to me in Sydney. I was working in a production, and uh, I was working as a third assistant director. So I was in charge of the set, and every time I was like, "Okay, guys, uh, quiet." We're gonna, and everyone like, "Oh, quiet!" And it was like, it was sort of fun in a way that ah, uh, they like my accent. But at some point, after you know, a couple of weeks, it was a bit frustrating, and it, I started like, getting a bit anxious, you know, because I was like. You know what? I just don't want like the only thing that they listen is just this weird accent. You know, I'm just giving you instructions. I mean, like you need to do this. We need to move fast. We need to, you know. So at some point, I was doubting a lot myself, you know, and my skills because I study films and everything. I love it. You know, it's such a fun career, but I wasn't able to do it. So it was very hard to. Being like, okay, I'm gonna try to find a job in this industry because I was like, couldn't understand, and the frustration it was like very exhausting. So now, finally, after sitting in a chair with a psychologist and telling her how frustrated I was, she was like, look, you know what? I can understand you. So just relax and go for it. So you were so anxious, you went to a psychologist. Yeah, I had like this panic attack once on on set. I was like. You know, like I was. Is this Sydney? Yeah, in Sydney. Right, right. I had also the second ID. It was very. It was a bully. Someone told me that she uh-huh. was like tough. What and movie was this? It was a, a TV drama called The Secret Daughter with Jessica Malboy. And yeah, so it was tough. She wasn't easy with me, you know. And and uh, yeah, so it made my experience very hard. But finally, you know, I learned that. You know what? There's been plenty of people worse than me, and they have survived and done well. And you know what? It's just a matter of trusting in yourself and just go for it. And you know, you got one shot, and just may as well do it. That's why also I persist to stay here in Australia because many times I was like, you know what? Going back home, I had a good life there and everything. But uh, I thought, man, I'm not gonna give up, you know. And I'm very glad that I did because. You know, you learn, you know, from that. So after thinking about all this and soul searching, you said you are starting to learn who you are, who you identify as. Yeah, like I guess we all sort of have a mental explanation of who we are you know and what we do and what we like and everything but for me for many years it was all a discovery you know like ah now i like this you know now i like the surf i never surfed before 
but I moved here and now I like the surf. You know, I like the ocean and I discovered things about the ocean and suddenly I didn't like Vegemite and now I love Vegemite, you know. At the beginning I couldn't believe Australians, what is this? Vegemite is disgusting, you know, because it was too salty. I put too much in the bread, but now I love it, you know, like I think it's nice and it's, I give to my family, you know, when I take it and for them it's like, no, sorry, <laughs> like anything else, but, you know. But I very um grateful and i also understand that now i live in australia i'm an australian citizen and uh, i got because i got a stability i can think about some other stuff which i didn't used to back in south america because you sometimes you're more worried about to survive the economy is a struggle you know the street is a struggle you know this they mug you they rob you and everything so you as i said before you sometimes you don't trust many people Whereas here, when you have this stability, you can be on the street with a camera taking photos, and you're not concerned that you need to hide the camera because someone is going to steal it from you, you know? So suddenly, you, your mind allows you to care about some other things, you know? Care about, like, the environment. Care about, like, the pollution. Care about the plastic. The way that you consume. The way that some other, you know? So now I care about some other stuff that I'm like, oh, I need to consume less. I need to recycle more. I need to, you know, because I got the privilege of that. Like I got a wealthy friend that came to visit me once and we were discussing about vaccination. And she was like, the problem is like here, people has got too much. So they got, they got time to think about things, you know, and they question things. Because in South America, when they give you a vaccine, you take it, you know, because like you can't afford not to get vaccinated because, you know, like people die there. Whereas here, when you have a bit more uh, stability, you got more room to maybe question things, you know? You said finding out who you are is a discovery. Now, maybe there's no answer for this, but have you come to a conclusion yet? I'm on the way. Work in progress. It's a work in progress. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a work in progress. Do you think this ties in with your name? I mean, how do you, how do you say your name again? My full name? Mm. Or just Jose? Guillermo Guzzoni Cox. But you call yourself Gil? Yeah, because after many years trying to tell my full name to people, and then they would get, say it back to me like in a different way, I was like, look. Uh, Jose I is your to. first name? Jose, yeah, but I never used it much. And then I would say Guille to someone, and we were like, DJ, GJ, and I was like, just call me Guy. And, uh, and then uh, like, they assume that I'm French, and I'm like, I'm not French. And then all over again. How do you say it again? Jose Guillermo Guzzoni Cox. Jose. Jose Guillermo. 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 Say one more. Ah, you see? That's why I make it short. Guillermo. I don't think I can roll the R, but if I... Guillermo. Guillermo, yeah. the closest I can get. Yeah. You know the director? Guillermo del Toro? Yes. That's Guillermo. He should call himself Gil... Gil El Toro. Gil El Toro, right? Yeah. Do you think that the fact that you've had to change your name, that that makes it hard to identify who you are? Ah, uh, 100%. Maybe you need to be like uh, Inigo. And maybe that'll help you find a connection. Yeah, exactly, yeah. My name is Jose Guillermo Guzzoni Cox. You kill my father. Prepare to die.
Thanks for joining me on 20 Square Blocks. If you would like to help out the show, then please share the link with a friend. Special thanks to Jose Guillermo Gusoni Cox, who lives just seven square blocks northeast from me. Music by Ryan Goodwin. Check out his other music at virtuallyryan.com. Additional material for the show, written by Anne Murison. Editing by the accomplished Ricky Cheno. Our logo is designed by Chris Frith. And thanks to H Studios for the use of their studios. I'm Ben Plaza, and this is 20 Square Blocks. <laughs>